Welcome to episode 5 of Mike's Mental Models. Today, examples from Dan Carlin. I hadn't planned on recording this podcast episode. It came as a surprise to me because as I was working on the original episode, I listened to Dan Carlin's Common Sense Podcast, episode number 305, and Carlin talked about three things that were really relevant to our Mental Models podcast series. And I noted that if you don't use your tools, you lose your tools. When I was learning to do basic home maintenance, there were so many things that I couldn't do. But only after I experimented with things and got wet and gross and shocked myself on electrical outlets that hadn't been properly turned off, did I realize um, the valuable parts of that. In doing, I learned how to do it better. And I thought the same would be true for our mental models. If we talk about them and we think about them and we provide examples for them, we will be better able to recall these things and use them in different contexts. So Carlin's podcast provided three things that we can apply to our other mental models. If you don't know Dan Carlin, he talks a lot about history and current events. Um, He has two podcasts. One is Common Sense and the other is Hardcore History. And in his Common Sense podcast, his theme lately has been to appreciate Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders. And the reason he likes these two politicians so much is because they've shifted the political ground. They've changed the game from chess to backgammon. And they are encouraging people to look at things a different way. Where we have this spectrum of Republican and Democrat, but that's only one part of what politics could be. And so Carlin appreciates that these two characters, these two candidates, have change the way we ask some questions. And in doing so, he brought up three major parts on episode 305 that we're going to look at today. One is Gordian knots and Chesterton fences. A second is the literate filter. And a third is opportunity cost, which is a close cousin of alternative histories. So we've talked about all of those things before. And so we're going to see how Dan Carlin's analysis fits in with the mental models that we've been using. First up is Gordian Knots and Chesterton Fences. And Dan Carlin starts his show talking about national security. And here he is wondering about Gordian Knots and Chesterton Fences. What do you think would happen if that system were questioned? And what do you think would be the reaction if somebody actually tried to alter that system in any meaningful way? And I don't just mean the reaction in terms of people who don't want it altered, but in terms of outcomes that might occur if it were altered. So right off the bat, Carlin is asking what would happen if we change this thing that we've been doing this way for a long time. When we talked about this in episode one, we gave small examples. Like in the NBA, teams have changed the pregame shoot-around. 
and we talked about the daughter who was expecting her mother-in-law for Easter and wanted to get the Easter uh, Easter brunch just right. And Carlin is zooming out. He's taking the 10,000 foot view on this and asking why is it that we're doing something this way. And this is almost a perfect example of a Chesterton fence where we come across something and we ask, well, why is this here? Why was this fence built across the road or next to the road? And there's always a reason for that, even if it's an accidental reason or a random reason or something else. There's always a reason. And if you come to understand the reason, that's when you can start to make decisions on the answers for these questions. And Carlin isn't advocating or implying or promoting a certain change. In the podcast, it sounds like he just wants us to start asking these questions in the same way that he praises the candidates for changing how an election is run, changing the options. He's encouraging an understanding or at least a debate of some of these other things. And these other things are hard to debate sometimes because we get stuck with the literate filter. So example number two from Carlin is why we sometimes have trouble talking about things like this. And here's a quote for um, how he perceives the situation. There's a reason we don't have this debate right now. It's because you can easily be tarred with the label like isolationist. And that is not an argument in a debate. That's a dead end that ends the debate because it makes you and marks you out to be an outlier and I love Carlin's choice of words, that it tars you. And we talked about this when we addressed the literate filter. Garrett Hardin introduced this as one of the three filters against folly. And he wrote, quote, All these words, like infinity, non-negotiable, never, etc., have the effect of moving discussion out of the numerate realm where it belongs and into a wasteland of pure literacy, end quote. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Hardin is warning us not to get tricked by poetry or words that shut down the, the door on this debate. And this is exactly what Dan Carlin notices. You're going to be tarred if you say that you're an isolationist. And the problem with these words like isolationist or never always non-negotiable. These words at the extremes create discussion stoppers. They create a situation where a false dichotomy exists, where you have to choose between black and white rather than shades of gray. And if your thinking is framed in this way, you won't make the same range of choices as you might otherwise. You restrict what your options are. Dr. John Nagel wrote the book, Learning to Eat Soup with a Knife, which is about the counterinsurgency lessons from Malaya and from Vietnam. And what he noticed was the ethos of a military body, the spirit of it, the framework they use for making decisions, really affected how they were able to deal with guerrilla fighters. Nagel writes, Quote, the American way of war is marked by a belief that the nation is at war or at peace. The binary nature of war leaves no space for political, military interface, end quote. 
What Nagel found was within the different branches of the military, they approached the conflicts in different ways. And their different approaches led to different outcomes, and some were more successful than the other. Nagel's point was that if you looked at things only in a binary way, you miss a whole host of other options. If we have an active literate filter, though, if we can recognize words that take us to the extreme, like people who interpret isolationist as one way, or people who say something is non-negotiable, we can stay out of that binary bias. Carlin's third example that we'll use in the podcast is the idea of opportunity cost, that if you pay for one thing, you are not going to pay for another. Here he is talking about the different navies of the world. I mean, it's really unbelievable when you look at something like the Royal Navy, right? One of the traditionally greatest navy in the world. You look at how few actual surface ships they have. It will blow your mind. The idea that Britain can actually do what it does with that few ships is mind-boggling. But then go look at the U.S. Navy and realize that the U.S. Navy would beat the entire world put together at sea. The entire world. Maybe with one hand tied behind its back. If you are a corporate CEO and your company has that level of excess capacity, you might wonder if all of the money spent in that particular direction was actually well spent. So here we have the idea of opportunity cost. That paying for a huge navy precludes you from paying for something else. And this is true in a whole uh, range of domains in life. When you listen to this podcast, you can't listen to another podcast. If you read one book, you can't read another book. The value of recognizing opportunity cost is when there's a big difference between the thing you're doing and the thing you could be doing. And I don't know if Carlin is advocating for a reduction in the military. It kind of sounds like he is, but I think his bigger point, the thing that he would like people to focus on, is that we are doing something that costs a lot of money, and we could be doing other things that also need resources. This idea of opportunity cost is a cousin to what we talked about in episode two, alternative histories. There, we looked at all the outcomes rather than an outcome. We wanted to consider what the range of options was and ask, the thing that happened to us, was it an outlier or was it within what we would think of as the normal distribution of events? Opportunity cost brings us closer to the present with that sort of thinking. If we build up a navy, there's less for something else. If we listen to this podcast, there's less for something else. So thinking in terms of opportunity cost lets us consider our current options and whether or not it's something that we want to do. Overall, I really like Dan Carlin's podcast. I leave each episode thinking about something in a new way or having learned something in a new way. Hopefully, you feel the same way about this podcast. Thanks for listening to Episode 5 of Mike's Mental Models.